Welcome to the Early Accountability Podcast hosted by Kimmy Walker. Kimmy has a track record of serving as a behavior change and improvement catalyst for individuals, groups, and organizations. Get ready to make the best version of yourself a priority. Now welcome, Kimmy Walker. Kimmy Walker here, and welcome back to the next episode of the Early Accountability Podcast. I am so grateful for all of the listeners of the podcast. Just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for all of the support that has been shown to me over the last couple of years and supporting me going forward. I wanted to talk today a little bit about what's kind of prevalent and going on right now uh, nationwide and internationally. Haven't frequently if at all, much, (laughs) talked a lot about things that have been going on as far as like current events. I think the coronavirus and COVID-19, that's really kind of a recent thing that's kind of happened. I've talked a lot about it on my show and how people can kind of navigate through that and where they're at. On the show, I always try to promote helping people just become the best version of themselves possibly, personally and professionally, not only in just activating goals for ourselves, but just being a better person holistically from a wellness standpoint of view. There is a lot going on right now still here in mid-June of 2020 uh, surrounding the death of George Floyd. I have watched the video and I've talked a lot about this on the show. I don't really watch a lot of news, watch a lot of TV, or actually consume a lot of news, but I definitely have um, been following a lot of this, and I have been very saddened, as a lot of people have, and outraged at the inhumanity that was displayed, um, the way that this man lost his life, to see someone beg for their lives, and to just be disregarded is so, so sad. I have watched as far as what parts have been televised, some of the protests, some parts that have been peaceful and some that have been not so peaceful. But I do believe the majority have tried to be as peaceful as possible as things have evolved, as it has kind of moved forward. And I was able to even watch Mr. Floyd's brother speak to Congress and kind of really keep the momentum going for what changes will be put in place, not even just locally, but nationwide when it comes to police and the police force and just racism and brutality and how individuals are treated. It's not a topic I think I've talked about a lot on the show. It is something that I've talked about more, I think, in person or utilized more in person with certain groups. But I believe what this time has taught me is that these are conversations that we should be having outwardly with everyone. And when I say that I've done more conversations about race and politics and how African-Americans or people of color are treated in society with a lot of people of color and in a more personal setting, not necessarily in a loud fashion or publicly like on any of my public platforms or any on social media but I believe what this time has shown a lot of people is that we need to speak up and by we I don't just mean people of color or men of color or African Americans everyone as a whole and one thing that has resonated with me so well is to see the amount of people who have protested, who have advocated, who have 
went out and just brought awareness to this incident and the injustice is seeing so many people who were not people of color or who were not African-American or who were not African-American men really stand up and say, this is wrong. This is not correct. And it's not to say that the black voice doesn't matter. Or the African-American voice doesn't matter. Or the African-American male voice doesn't matter. It is showing that regardless people if this doesn't even affect their group quote unquote they might identify with as far as race or creed nationality etc status class they're standing up and saying this is not right and I know the pandemic has probably helped with exposure of this incident and allowing people the capacity and the time and the ability to come and protest and do sit-ins and stand-ins. It has helped to bring awareness to this. And I hope that from this incident that people are able to take this petal or this stone that has been thrown in the pond and this ripple and still make lasting changes locally, nationwide, and not just with the police and the police force, but just truly how people of color or minorities, period, not even just racial minorities, how people who are different are not in the majority group are treated, period, in in a lot of different capacities. And I always tell people, even though I'm black and I'm an African-American woman, I'm not an African-American man. So I can't say that I holistically know what it's like or what it feels like to be stopped by the police as a black man. One thing I've learned in the work that I've done professionally is that sensitivity and allies are so very, very important in making people more competent to differences amongst people. When I worked, when I just first finished school and I worked at a university post-grad school before I did a lot of pre-K through 12 school psychology work, I did a lot of groups in the higher ed setting. I did a lot of initiatives and I really took the time to get out and work with some of the groups or individuals on campus that may kind of be overlooked. So I really made sure to reach out and do things with LGBTQ, just kind of letting them know about services that we might offer and different initiatives that we had. I started a group with sexual assault survivors, with other sexual assault survivors, and that's just a couple, but just kind of voices that may not necessarily be heard as much or people that are maybe scrutinized for the way that they are or the way that they live um, or for the way that they were born. And I believe that that was just so important, one, for showing that support, creating that change, but for my own self, two, and just learning more sensitivity. So I learned a lot about respecting that the experiences that some people have may not be the same as my own. And being able to hold enough space of understanding and how different people respond to different things. Some people may not agree with the protesting. And I have learned that from that standpoint, we have to sometimes take a step back and really look and say, I may not understand this, but what is it about this person's experience? What is it about what they've been through that makes them feel outraged about this that makes them want to respond in this manner and in that way I believe it makes us more sensitive in how we deal and interact with other people I know that police brutality 
and racism and profiling have been a topic that have come up for many years. It's been an issue for many years in this country, but also so is just racism or bigotry in general and discrimination in other capacities as well. And I know with George Floyd, it was an incident that was very apparent, like this is wrong. This is just not right. This is not a a correct way to treat somebody. But there are people who have experienced racism or discrimination or being treated differently to professionally in their workplace and the workforce. And I hope that this incident can help people become more aware of the treatment that they're giving people based on how they look, based on their life, based on their status. And it's important for us to have these dialogues. It's important for us to have these conversations. But in order for us to create the change, we have to first understand what the problem is. We have to be able to address it and see it for what it's worth and to see how it applies, like I said, in many, many different settings. I hope that this doesn't just stop, like I said, at a protest. I hope that people are out there doing more trainings in the workplace, um, doing more to stand up with the police force and talk about how there can be change in unity with the communities and the police force. Also, just in people in their families, having this dialogue with your loved ones, those kind of personal conversations about how you feel about things. What are you telling and teaching your children about it? What kind of sensitivities are you instilling in your children? And I know I say it and people say it all the time. Children are not born being racist. And as a school psychologist at this point, I've worked in a lot of different settings, some very rural, some very urban, especially being self-employed. I've just worked in a lot of different places and capacities. And I've seen children who have been very sensitive and understanding to differences in others. And I've met some children who are not. But one thing I've learned when we get down to the core of it, whether it was the students at a comment or did something to a certain group of people, we ask, well, where did you know that from? Or where did you learn that from? And it's always their home. So when people look at this incident and say, what is it that I can do to change? What is it that I can do as an individual to help? It first starts with self. So having those conversations with yourself, really looking at yourself and how we interact and treat different people, treat people who are different from ourselves. How do we respond to things that are not correct? How do we respond to injustices? Do we say, oh, that's that's not good. I don't agree. And do we still support and just going about our lives? Advocating, lobbying, even businesses and things and entities that have said comments that are insensitive or posted things that are insensitive, not supporting them, not putting your money into that. There are many different ways we can stand up for what is not right. There are many different ways that we can teach the current generation and the next generation to be the change that we want to see, to see the change that we might not see in our own current generation. But every little piece matters. Every block matters. Every conversation matters. And I hope that as a nation, and as I said, internationally, we continue to step up and put the spotlight on things that are not right but still stick forward with it and seeing that some kind of change is made, even if it's only a change that we make within ourselves, even if it's only a change that we can make within our home, it still can have a lasting impact. 
So never feel that your voice is too small. Never feel that what you have to say or your outlook on it is too small. Every little bit matters. So I hope that mentally you're doing what you need to do for yourself to help you process what is kind of going on, like I said, in the nation and globally around George Floyd. And I hope that you're still looking and dialoguing with yourself on what you can do to help stop this type of oppression, to help stop this type of behavior as being a norm and being okay, because it is not. Thank you so much for tuning into the Early Accountability Podcast. Until next time. It was a pleasure to have you join us on this episode of the Early Accountability Podcast with Kimmy Walker. Be sure to visit earlyaccountability.com to sign up for the Early Accountability Newsletter. We look forward to activating your greatness and helping you reach your goals.